Hey, Kat. Hey, Jess. How's it going? It's good. How are you? I am tired. I feel like I got kicked in the face today at work. <laughs> I, too, am tired, but for different reasons. My dog was sick last night, so... Oh, no, not Luna. Yeah, she was just, like, throwing up and very nauseous, so she was, like, licking everything. Aww. And it took her a while to calm down, so I didn't get to bed till like, 2, so. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Oh, poor Luna. How's she feeling today? She's great. She's the same old puppy. Good. Okay. <laughs> She's good. Good. Did you give her some, like, rice and chicken or whatever? No, just some pumpkin. Um, I actually gave her some honey yesterday to try to stop the nausea, and oh. she does not like honey, so I had to, like, mix it with peanut butter so she would eat it. <laughs> that dog loves peanut butter. She She's about the peanut butter. is obsessed. Like, her nickname is peanut butter. Like, we literally call her <laughs> peanut butter and fluff sometimes because she, like, her coloring is, like... Oh, she's like, she does look like peanut butter. Right? Yeah, she's like orangey, kind of tan, yeah. and she has like a white chest and white paws, and some like a white lightning strike on her head. <laughs> that's so cute. She does. She, I mean, that's the exact coloring of her too. Yeah, she's like yeah. a. Aww. Yeah, sometimes I call her Harry Potter too because of her lightning strike, but it's fine. I see it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she doesn't respond to that one as well though. <laughs> Harry Potter. I don't think I would either. If somebody was like, "Hey, Harry Potter." If I say it, if I say it in a in like a high pitched tone, then she knows I'm like talking to her. But <laughs> if you're like Harry Potter, she's like, "Me? Why yeah. are you talking to me like that?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Okay. Well, I hope this week gets better for you, work wise. Yeah. Thanks. It sounds like Luna had a comparable night to my day, but I think both of our weeks are looking up. That's what I think. Yes. What are we talking about today? I'm so excited and so nervous at the same time. (laughs) So we talked about, like, we need to do, like, a spooky episode, right? But um, let's be real. It's not about to be me. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm preparing... I'm preparing a spooky episode for us next time. She's she's saving me. I just have to sit through it, whereas she's doing it all for me. So next week, or, so next episode will be a spooky episode, and this one, yeah. I don't know, Jess, this one's pretty freaking spooky at the same time. Like, maybe not spooky, but, like, creepy. Ick or creep. Okay. Right? Big ick. Yeah. Okay. You Ooh. ready to, to talk about it? I'm, like, ready, but not ready. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Ready or not, here we go. Okay. This could do, we can do. (laughs) So close, but not quite. (laughs) So close. Okay, so today we're going to talk about Dorothea Puente. I've heard of her. Okay, because I literally wrote in my notes, I said, I bet Jess is like, who? (laughs) Okay, cool. Dorothea. Dorothea, let's go. I just think it's an old lady, right? 
I mean, obviously, her name is Dorothea. <laughs> like, find, find some young, young individual whose name is Dorothea. I gotta know. Yeah, that's not a common name anymore. Yeah, no, Dorothea is old. So she was actually born January 9th of 1929. Oh my god. Like, literally almost 100 years ago she was born. Wow. That is old. Right. She was the sixth of seven children in her house. That's a lot. That's too much for me. To a super loving mom and dad. Aw, good. No, I'm lying. They were not. Oh. Sorry. God damn it. You got my hopes up. (laughs) I know. So yeah, both of her parents are actually alcoholics. They live out in Redland, California. Her dad is somebody that like continuously threatens to like unalive himself literally in front of his kids all the time. <gasps> oh my god. Like that's traumatic, right? That's um, some mental up... health issues. Yeah, I think it's probably that plus like the alcoholism, like Yeah. You know, just like not being not in the right state mix. of mind. Yeah. That's so sad. Terrible. Right. Seven kids. That's insane. Not gonna lie. I understand the impulse. Seven kids. <laughs> <laughs> as bad as that may be, I don't know that I would survive it myself. I could never, but <laughs> it's for some people. <laughs> I suppose that's true. It is but for some people. But apparently not for him. <laughs> it was not for him. It was not, not for him. him. Um, so he actually ended up dying of TB in 1937. So, like, he wasn't even in her life very long. She was, like, ten. Okay, well, that's kind of a blessing in disguise, right? Uh. Okay, nope. (laughs) Yeah, we can, yeah. Dorothea's mom was a sex worker. Oh. Okay. So, like, you know, drunken sex worker. She actually died a year after Dorothea's dad. Oh, wow. So she was orphaned really young, like, before the age of 12. So... You may not know the answer, but how old was her, like, oldest sibling at the time? You don't have to look it up. I'm just... The odds of that being in anywhere are slim. Yeah. But if I'm saying so six years younger, I think maybe born in, like, 1920. I would assume it's, like, a we don't have birth control type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, getting pregnant immediately after being done being pregnant type of thing. So, like... I'll give him a little bit of grace and say that there's, you know, uh-huh. two years, maybe, yeah. <laughs> of not being pregnant total between all six yeah. kids. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe, like, 1920. So, that would make them, like, 16, 17 at the time. Okay. So, like, obviously can't really take care of children. Def- and then definitely not seven kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, sure. it makes sense that they were, like, orphaned and... Well, yeah. if there wasn't other family, I'm just, I don't know how the orphanage system worked back then. Yeah, because, yeah, you got to remember, like, this was literally 100 years ago. So yeah. So, they did go to an orphanage, so there wasn't right any, yeah. Next of kin to, like, or any, anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Right, yeah. It was just to the orphanage, yeah. And it was reported that, I mean, her time there was even worse. She had to go through sexual abuse. <gasps> no. And just, you know, the emotional trauma of of being in an orphanage, obviously. Yeah. On top of your parents dying at such a young on age. On top of like, your parents dying, like... Yeah, that's... that's uh, terrible. She was not dealt good cards in life. No. And, like, thus from far. the get-go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at no surprise, 
At the age of 16, she marries her very first husband. Okay. Um, his name is Mark McFold McFold. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's be real. I, me and people's last names are not friends. I'm sorry. Fred what? McFold. Fred? Fred McFold. McFold. Okay. Like McFurry. A McFurry. Like a McFlurry. But he's <laughs> McFurry. <laughs> he was actually a soldier that had just returned home from World War II. Um, okay. And him and Dorothea actually parented two daughters together. Okay. So Dorothea had two daughters, neither of which did she really know. Um, That's so Neither sad. one was raised by Dorothea or by Fred. Really? Yes. One was sent to live with, like, other family members, like, other family members of either Dorothea or Fred's, and then the other um, was put up for adoption. Oh, my God. Well, yeah, I don't really know. I'm like, why are you having two kids if right. you don't want two kids? Well, yeah. I mean, was birth Again, control really a thing there? Right. Probably right, not. Exactly. Right. 100%. Right. At least, at least, okay, sorry, I'm just gonna say this. At least they didn't, like, try. At least they were like, hey, look, I'm not gonna be a good parent, or we're not gonna be good parents, and tried to, like, make sure they had a better life elsewhere. I'm hopeful that was the situation. But I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a good point. Like, you know, they're both like, hey, we're not gonna be good parents. Somebody else, maybe. Yeah. it's a good point. Yeah. No, I see that. I actually didn't think of it in that light, but yeah, you may be right. Either way, Fred and Dorothea divorced, like, three years after they got married. So basically, they got married, had two kids, had two got kids. divorced. Like, oh, oh yeah. my god. Like, what a wild wow. ride. Yikes. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess I see your point even more to that. Like, they didn't love each other. They just had two kids. Like, Yeah. And they weren't yeah. going to be able to love the kids, like, obviously, if they weren't. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Basically, 19. Already living this wild, rather traumatic freaking life at 19. 19 being divorced with two kids elsewhere. Right. And no parents. Wild. no parents. I wrote so many what the fuck moments. (laughs) I love it. But, like, for real. And then, so once she's basically, like, going through the divorce process, she really starts getting in all kinds of, like trouble, I guess. Um, in 1948, she was arrested for buying women's accessories using forged checks. Oh. Which, like... So... I don't know. If I'm forging checks, it's probs for groceries so my ass can eat. But, like, whatever. Yeah. She was caught. She pled guilty. Did four months in jail. Three years probation. So, like, she did her time for this little petty crime. Whatever. Yeah. That was just the tip of the iceberg. Oh, God. I'll go on. Okay. <laughs> um, shortly after serving out all her probation, Dorothea actually started using this, like, new identity. What? Right? So what? she essentially renamed herself Tanya Singola Nyagarda. Okay. She pretended to be a woman... That was Muslim and of Israeli descent. Okay, but she was, like, pure white? Like, a hundred percent. Oh, my God. Why? I don't know. Like, but what's even more wild is, like, she ends up with the second husband, like, under this persona. No way. Yeah. Um, his name is Axel... <laughs> I don't know. 
His name is Axel Johannesson. Okay. Jonathan. Johannesson. Yeah, Johannesson. Why am I so bad at people's names? Uh, it's okay. It's literally, like, such a downfall. Like, I'm so bad. The two, Axel and Dorothea, had a terrible marriage. Well, I mean, Imagine starting um, a lie like that, it's not going to end up good. <laughs> right. Well, and he, like, thought he was marrying, like, a religious Muslim woman. What? Yeah, you're, yeah. Yeah. Axel was a seaman. LOL. Pause for dramatic. <laughs> um, Please leave that in there. Day- Whenever he would, like, leave on his trips, like, to go out in the sea, the ocean, whatever phrase you prefer, um, she would invite people into their home and, like, gamble all of Axel's money away. No way. Like, this man's hard at work, not even at home, and she's like, bruh, come over, let's gamble. I'ma spend all of it. (laughs) Yeah. So, that's wild. Like, I mean, I guess that makes sense why they have a terrible marriage, right? Yeah. Um, eight years after the two said I do, Dorothea was arrested for owning and operating a bookkeeping firm that was a front for a brothel in Sacramento. No way. Oh, yeah. yeah what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What a she woman. She only served... What a woman. <laughs> what a She's woman. She's only sentenced to, like, 90 days in jail. Uh, of course. 90 days in jail. A few months after her release from jail that time, Axel had Dorothea committed to the DeWitt State Hospital. She had gone on this drinking bender that it was like no other. She was lying, pursuing, quote, criminal behavior, had suicide attempts, and even offered to perform a sex act on an undercover cop. Girl. (laughs) Like, what the fuck? Girl, that is uh, not okay. Well, I would like, commit your ass too. So I, right? I hope Zach would be like, yeah, we gotta go to the hospital. Like, you're not right. Like, something is wrong. Yeah. People don't act like that. Like, I feel so bad. Like, I feel like this dude, I mean, I'm assuming he's probably not, like, an amazing husband. But, like, you know, at nobody least really deserves like, to have that in their life. Right. But at least he's like, look, you have a problem. This might help you. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, while she's there, doctors diagnose her as a pathological liar with an unstable personality. Wow. I believe which, it. Yeah. Which <laughs> checks out. And I had to look it up. Like, I literally didn't believe that doctors could diagnose somebody with as with a pathological a- liar. But that's, like, a legit thing. You can diagnose someone as a pathological liar. It's actually called mythomania, which kind of makes sense. It's really just chronic compulsive lying. And so she got diagnosed with that. So she's a chronic compulsive liar. Wow. Fits. Yikes. I just thought that was an excuse. (laughs) Right? Yeah. No, apparently it's a medical condition. Wow. Which I guess makes sense. Like, it's not normal. Yeah. Yeah. Once Axel gets this diagnosis, he kind of, like, packs his things. They get divorced very shortly after. So he's, like, clearly not, like, in it for the long haul. 
basically, you are not the one. He's basically, like, I'm you're not even the one you. I thought you were. He's like, I'm committing you, but if something's wrong with you, I'm out. <laughs> right. That whole sickness and health thing, I really only met health. Yeah. <laughs> so then, so then Dorothea basically starts to go by this new identity. Another one. Another one. Um, <laughs> Sharon Johannesson. Okay. So taking Axel's last name, but portraying herself as this, like, Christian woman. Which, like, is way more fitting for the way that she looks, but whatever. This really works for her. Like, she did a great job because she ended up getting herself a job as a caregiver, giving young women a safe place from poverty and abuse. Like, opened her doors for young women. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Right. Like... I don't know. Maybe she went from, like, doing a bunch of bad shit to, like, to you know what? Maybe, maybe I'm going to help people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it happens. Some people change. It, yeah, it definitely does. Especially when, well, I don't know. I don't know when that happens. I can't say that I've known anybody that's had a traumatic life experience <laughs> like this. But, like, I would have to think Hallmark's not lying to all of us. Right. I'd have to think. Okay. Well, in 1968, she marries her third husband. Husband number three, come on down. Again, another one. Another one. Um, this one is Roberto Jose Puente. Okay. Hint, last name. It's the one that she goes by. Um, Got it. But this one is like a super short-lived marriage, like 16 months. Wow, that is short. Yeah, so they actually initially separated because of domestic abuse. Dorothea tried to divorce him in 1967, but he fled to Mexico. Oh. (laughs) It's just like, I'm out, bye. Yeah. The U.S. can't get me, bye. The divorce can't be official until 1973. But even then, like, there's some, like, weird marriage, I don't know, residue um, that let... I don't know. I don't know what else to call it. I think residue is a good word. But okay. it just kind of leads, I don't know, it's like, are we talking, are we not talking, are we together, are we not together, like, uh, you know, like, like, relationship residue, I don't know. You got it. I don't got know it. what else to call it. Anyway, this led to her filing a restraining order two years after the divorce was final. So, like, basically, stay the fuck away from me. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. But she does use her married name almost the rest of her life. I think it was for, like, 20 years, but. Which is I mean, weird. Right. I agree. Very weird. <laughs> um, like if he so had nothing this... to do with him, I would have, like, not. <laughs> and, like, of all the last names, that's the one... I mean, you're making persona... Like, you're making up your own people. Like, you're making yeah. up different names <laughs> you for yourself. You can pick any this name. Is the one you want to, like, stick with? Okay. Odd. Yeah. Well, so once all of this, like, divorce drama is behind her, all the residue is gone, right? Mm-hmm. She shifts her energy towards helping others, like, legit. Over the next 10 years, she becomes a huge help for those in the Sacramento community. She starts running her own boarding facility where she's helping alcoholics by holding AA meetings, helping homeless people by giving them a place to go, and helping the mentally ill sign up for Social Security. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, she was, like, legit, like, a light in this community and just helping everybody in Sacramento. Um, She was even a member of the... Sacramento Hispanic community for, like, charity work and helping fund scholarships. Wow. That's awesome. Right. I literally wrote the works. 
the works. Like, I mean, all, that's like all this stuff. Yeah, devoting your, I mean, your freaking life to better of the community. Yeah, that's wild. That's awesome. Right. I said she looked like a golden girl, um, but like truly looked the part of a golden girl. Like no, we're way. talking like. The old, huge, 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 huge vintage glasses, like the bug-eyed glasses. Um, Yes. White hair. Yeah. Like, it's definitely, like, going white. Like, she's just giving off old granny vibes, right? (laughs) Big end. Yeah. Um, The end. No, I'm just kidding. Mm. I was like, Um, there's a reason we're talking about her on this podcast. I know, I know. I just wish that's where it ended. Like... I just wish she could not get by a car at that point or something. Like, <laughs> that's where it should have stopped. <laughs> Can I say that? I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. It gets I, really, really twi- twisty from here. Oh, no. So, in 1978, when she was playing Sweet Little Miss Grandma, mm. she actually got caught playing her old games. She was convicted of illegally cashing in 34 federal checks that were supposed to be going to the people that she was helping. <gasps> no. So all the, pe- all the people she was helping. I mean, like, I'm not surprised, but I'm kind of sad. <laughs> like, that's so- we were so happy for you. We were so excited. And right. Like, you're doing good. Then you're um, like, oh, you're still a shit person. Okay. And, like, the cherry on top is it actually gets worse. Because she was basically, like, drugging these people, stealing their medicine, their valuables, whatever she wanted, basically. And and she would just take these things while they were unconscious. Oh, my God. People that were under her care at the time kind of, like, recall, like, blacking out for amounts of time and they, like, don't remember. They'd wake up and just, like, not have medicine with them anymore. Oh my god. What? That's yeah. so scary. Gets way worse. It 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 only gets worse. It doesn't I feel like the story this doesn't is get better. Like get out. The movie get out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Where <laughs> it just gets worse. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um in April of 1982, an older woman named Ruth Monroe that Dorothea had recently befriended moved in with her. Okay. Um, they had just recently started talking about opening up a catering business together because apparently Dorothea was a good cook. Okay. Is that another pathological lie, though? (laughs) Right? I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't eat her cooking even if it was. Nope. (laughs) Um, so Ruth was basically like, I'll do the business side, you do the cooking, and like, let's go into business, we'll be cool. Yeah. Shortly after she moves in... She dies from an overdose. <gasps> okay, so Dorothea killed her. Wow. The police never pressed charges or suspect foul play just because there was an excessive amount of codeine and Tylenol in her system. Oh my god. But get this, like, that was the only thing in her system when they did the biopsy. Code, like, no food or anything? <laughs> like, yeah. Strictly codeine? Like, Dorothea and... was supposed to be taking care of Ruth and basically hadn't fed her anything in days. Oh my god, that's so sad. Right. So she actually had some other kind of prescription medicine she was supposed to be taking, but the Tylenol and codeine was not prescribed to her by an actual doctor. Wow. And codeine can mess some people up. Yeah, but like, 
I'm surprised because she wasn't prescribed those things that they wouldn't investigate that further. Just because she's old, like... Uh-huh. What the fuck? <laughs> uh-huh. Remember, we're talking, like, a golden girl. I know. Pops showing up to her door and being like, Ugh, oh, sweet your, old your lady. friend died? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Dorothea just told the police, like, and... So Dorothea just told the police and Ruth's children that this didn't surprise her because Ruth was super depressed and, and just had been acting different recently. Hmm. Her children had a lot more pushback because they, As like, they knew their mom. Yeah. Right. Also, like, I would never assume that about my mom. Like, never. Never. Um, But Ruth had recently been bedridden and her husband was recently diagnosed with a terminally ill terminal terminal illness yeah so i mean she did have those two very sad things i suppose going on in her life but get this yeah but apparently ruth went in for a physical just at the end of march and was considered completely healthy what and she died at the end of april Oh, my God. Yeah. So, Dorothea had to be, like, poisoning her or something to make her, like, bedridden. Yeah. Well, and I don't really know what all the police were thinking or, like, not thinking. But with all this additional context there, but, like, the codeine and Tylenol were not in the room when Ruth died. Hmm. Like, it was given to her. Yeah. In copious amounts. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't get why they didn't investigate it. Yeah, and it was just left as undetermined, and basically her family had to go on, like, okay, well, I guess my mom did do this. Like, that's basically what the police told them. That's what that's they had to believe. so sad. Right. And not even a month after they left, they showed right back up at Dorothea's door. This time, <laughs> it was because somebody named Malcolm McKenzie... He was an elderly man that accused Dorothea of drugging him and then stealing from him. Oh. Sounds Really, like... you don't say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this did lead to an actual arrest and conviction of Dorothea um, for three theft charges. She was sentenced to, like, five years in prison. Oh, my God. Because she's I mean, a sweet old lady. Quote, She's a sweet old lady. I mean, I guess, like, it was, like, theft. But at the same time, like, this lady's rap sheet goes on for days. Days. Yeah. So, I don't really understand. Can't trust her. Right. Um, so, she made light of her time in prison by getting herself a little pen pal. Oh, God. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this very nice little man named Everson Gilmuth. Went by Gil. Little, little Gil man. Aw. He yeah. was an old retired man that just lived up in Oregon. Okay. They would just ride back and forth and they became like close. So mm-hmm. close mm-hmm. that after she was released from prison after mm-hmm. three years on good behavior. No. What? Of what? course. Of course. She's she going to walked out of the prison front. that day and she walked right up to this bright red 1984 truck with Everson in the driver's seat. Of course. Did they get married? Gil, buddy, you don't need to pick up people from jail. Anybody listening, 
Don't just go pick people up from jail you don't know. Yeah. You're in jail mm. for a reason. No. Yeah, so no. The two of them drove off and they apparently started talking about getting married. Mm-hmm. Like, they were in love. Whatever. And basically they drove off and drove to the bank so they could get a joint bank account together. Oh, Gil. Oh, Gil. You sweet, sweet dumbass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's really all we get to know about Gil. Oh, okay. Yeah. But obviously, like, I didn't say all that for nothing. So it's just some, like, brain nuggets for your brain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Holding on to In it. November of 85, it's sort of, like, creeping up to semi-modern day. <laughs> Maybe. Kind of. Not really. <laughs> Our parents. High school. <laughs> My mom was, like, just born. It's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, my mom was literally six. Um, Anyway, Dorothea hired, like, a handyman, basically, to come help her install some wood paneling that she wanted in her apartment. Whatever. Like, no big deal. She hired this man named Ismal Flores. And once he was done with his job, like, what she hired him to do with the um, wood paneling, Mm -hmm. she paid the man, like, 800 bucks... And a red 1980s Ford truck. Oh, shit. Right. Which, like, she even where's spoke Gil? to it. She ex- where's Gil? Where's Gil? Where's Gil? Where's Gil? Where's he at? <laughs> she explained to Flores that this truck was just laying around. And basically her long-distance boyfriend was out in L.A. And he just didn't need this truck anymore. And she was able to do with it what she wanted. Mm-hmm. She's a liar. Mm-hmm. Pants on fire. <laughs> if only. I wish her pants would have got fire. Freaking only. She didn't only. seem like the lady to wear pants. She was probably in like a, you know, I'm picturing her in like a little dress and a cane. and. <laughs> oh, 100%. With these glasses. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Little loafers. Little like she had floral some dress. <laughs> yeah. So once she had basically, you know, Ismal was like, okay, cool. She actually hired him to do a couple of other odd jobs around the house. One specifically was for him to build her this, like, six foot by three box. Okay, a coffin. She told him it's for, like, books and trinkets and just, like, things. Mm -hmm. Which, like, you know what? If somebody's asking me to, like, build them something, I guess I'm not thinking. Yeah, if you're, like, a carpenter. I don't even know if I'd be like, what are you putting in it? okay. I can do that. Right. You know, like, whatever. So once it's all done and filled, like, filled, she asks Ventus to drive the box to a storage depot down the road. So they, like, obviously get in this red pickup truck, start driving down the road. I don't know. I just, like, in my mind, I'm thinking, like, this guy's thinking, like, this old lady just needs my help. Like, whatever. I'm just going to help her. He's just, like... Along for the ride, essentially. He's just like, right, like she's going to pay whatever. me money. I'm going to do what she says. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. So, the two were on their way to this, like, storage depot. And Dorothea just kind of goes, hey, can you, like, stop right here? It's like a road, like, off the highway, basically. So, once they're stopped, she looks at him and says, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think we should dump the box right here instead. Um, so oh. Are there any red flags going up for this guy? 
I don't know. I mean, I'm assuming no. They're all there. I'm assuming no. <laughs> they're all there. So basically, she wanted to leave this box in a riverbed that was basically like an unofficial dumping ground. Okay. So, like, okay. Anyway, again, Fuentes gets out, helps Dorothea dump the box, and the two go back to her house. Like, he's not thinking anything of it. Yeah. I'm sure she's thinking something of it, but it's not the same thing he is. Oh, God. (sighs) I know. So, on New Year's Day, 1986, a fisherman calls the police. He says he spotted a coffin-looking box Mm -hmm. near the river. When they get there, they open the box and find a very badly decomposed elderly man. Gil. Like, there's, like, mothballs in there with him to, like, (gasps) help the smell, you know, or something? Ew. (laughs) Yeah. Ew. This body was so badly decomposed that they couldn't identify him. And, like, they would not be able to identify him for three years. Oh, my God. Right. Another thing that the police don't know is that Dorothea is back at home collecting all of Gil's social security checks. Of course she is. Uh-huh. And, like, even, like, being so twisted, like, sending letters to his family, like, his no. sister. So that way, like, they don't get suspicious. Oh, my right? God. Wild. Wild. Um, Dorothea went on to add new residents to her house. And, like, not just a few, but, like, Literally up to 40 people in in this, like... Are you kidding me? (laughs) Which, like... I don't know how you find the money, I guess, to, like... That's so many people. Own something worth housing 40 people in, like... Right. I don't think I... I couldn't shove 40 people in my house. Absolutely not. I mean, like, if I put, like, three bunk beds in here, I mean, that's that's still nothing. No. I don't know. So, I just... I don't get it. Anyway. So, she was actually, like... Basically on the saints list for social workers in Sacramento. Because she she was, like, totally fine with taking the most difficult people. Like, she was happy to take the raging alcoholic. She was happy to take the schizophrenic murderer person. Like, she was fine. But low-key, you know why, probably? Because they don't have family. Or they don't have family. You mean, like, the unmissable people? Correct. Hmm. Honey, hmm, hmm, hmm. The only hmm. thing was that these people had to basically, like, sign that she was the beneficiary of their checks. Like, oh, their social course. security checks coming in. Of course. Yeah. So she would be, she was the person to open their mail before they got it. And she would basically give them what was left after she had taken out her expenses. Oh, right. My yeah. God. What a right, because that's bitch. the right thing to do. <laughs> what an <Right>. old bitch! <laughs> Sorry, old bitch. I don't speak ill of old people, but she is a she's a bitch. Oh, I can speak ill of old people. There's so many <laughs> fucked up old people. She's just like at the top of the list or the bottom, yeah. whatever's worse, whatever. Yeah. So apparently, Dorothea was she she was visited fifteen separate times by different parole agents. Checking in on her because she was not supposed to have, like, elderly people under her care. 
15 times this was missed. My God. She was never written up for a violation. Are you kidding? Never. Right. So, yeah. 15 times. I can't. I can't. I can't. Anyway. Anyway. I'll compose myself. It wasn't until 1988 that people started to smell all that Puente had been up to. Thankfully, I'm not literally Ew. talking about smell. I know. I know. I'm not literally talking about smell. Oh, I just okay. had to say it. Okay. Okay. Had to say it. So one of the tenants that Dorothea had been taking care of was 52-year-old Alvaro Montoya. Okay. Homebro went missing. Of course. Uh-huh. He was a diagnosed schizophrenic. Like, he was diagnosed from a super young age and honestly, like, was, like, in and out of foster homes and whatever. So, he's been, he's been homeless and kind yeah. of, you know, unmissable for years. Yeah. That's sad. He was sent to Dorothea's house because of her reputation of, like, you know, literally taking in anybody. Mm-hmm. Well, this counselor named Judy... Which is funny, because that's what we call Daisy. We'll go, Judy. Whatever. <laughs> she, like, was looking real ratchet. Anyway. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> she's a counselor with the Volunteers of America. Well, she kind of, like, took, like, a liking to Montoya for some reason. Like, she just kind of, like, I don't know, had a soft spot for him. And realized that he wasn't coming around anymore. Mm. And so when she asked Dorothea about it, Dorothea said... Well, see, we went on a vacation together to Mexico to see my family. Which, like, the fuck? What That's family? weird. And he stayed a few more weeks with them because my family liked him so much. Oh, that's bullshit. That That oh, is, like, total, she's getting like, worse at lying, dude. <laughs> total bullshit. Like, Judy's just probably sitting there like, what? She's like, yeah, no. Who does that? No freaking what? <laughs> freaking way i refuse to believe this like no i refuse so the counselor alerted the police who then went to go scope out the house Mm -hmm. when they got there dorothea looked the part like she looked granny-esque okay of course i bet you she even like sprayed herself with that like like old lady smell you know (laughs) like she probably had it bottled up she had it ready to go well, so I'm sure she has mothballs somewhere. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she she turned the house up to like 90 degrees because she's so totally. cold or whatever. Like, yeah. yeah. So she was playing the part when they showed up. So they asked her the story about Montoya, and she basically mm-hmm. just like regurgitated, "Oh yeah, he's in Mexico with my family." Da da da. Whatever. And obviously, the police were skeptical because like it is a weird story like why did you take this one tenant to mexico like right and why is he staying with your family right weird they were sitting there skeptical until another tenant chimes in and is just like oh yeah like that's what happened they went to mexico together da 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 whatever and so (laughs) what the police are like oh okay that must have that must be it like whatever Hmm. these police are stupid yeah, no kidding. Well, they <laughs> never cited her, even though they checked on her 40 times, or 15 times, for 40 people. <laughs> the, the math doesn't add up. Nope. Well, so the tenant that chimed in, his name was John Sharp. So this is somebody that was staying with Dorothea, so we don't really know, I guess, his story about, like, was he an alcoholic? Was he schizophrenic? Like, why was he there? Right. But he was, and he was the one who 
told the police, yeah, Dorothea's telling the truth. Right before the police leave, he manages to slip the police a handwritten note that says, she's making me lie for her. (gasps) So smart. Sharp fucking saves the day. So smart. Like, obviously the police just like 180, like, whoa, 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 we're going to search the house right now. And so like, obviously initially in the house, they find nothing. Like... Oddly enough, they find nothing. Like, okay. Okay. So then they ask Dorothea if they can dig up the yard. And she says, she says yes. She literally hands them a shovel. (laughs) Like Like the audacity. She literally hands them a a shovel. My God. And once they kind of like started digging, she goes out and says, would you guys mind if, if I, if I left to go get a cup of coffee? Like, like, in town. Can I go to town and grab a cup like, of ma'am? coffee? No. You cannot. They wait. literally said yes. No. They're digging in her backyard for <sighs> bodies. And they let her go, just get a cup of coffee real quick. Yeah, no. Without supervision. Yeah. What and she, I guess, like, said, like, I'm going to go to this hotel Obviously, Dorothea does not go to this fucking hotel. She takes the fuck off. Yeah. She's in LA. So when police first start finding their damning evidence to really get Dorothea, she's already in LA. They go search for her while she's supposed to be getting her coffee and she's not there. Of course. No shit. She's not there. It's so frustrating. Right. (sighs) Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know. I can't. I can't fathom people... Functioning people in society saying, yeah, that makes sense. You can leave. People that protect the people. People like that protect the, the protectors. The com- yeah, literally. Yeah, makes no sense And you're to not me. doing a good job. <laughs> right. So, like I said, Dorothea had bolted to LA. She wound up at a bar trying to pick up some elderly men. As you do when you're mm-hmm. a crazy lady. Yep. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and she, I guess, had set her sights on, like, this one guy. Um, he said that he didn't really have a great vibe from her. So when the okay. night kind of was, like, ending, he basically was like, hey, give me your number and we can meet up tomorrow instead of, like, you know, the alternative. Right. Well, when he got to his house, he turned on the news and, and uh, guess who's on the news? Dorothea. Yeah, homegirl. So immediately, he's probably like, what the hell? Like, losing it. Did he call the cops? And what he actually does is savage as shit. Like, so smart. I don't even think I'd figure it out myself. He (gasps) calls her. Because he's got her number. Calls her. yeah. And he just kind of, you know, he's like, hey, like, are you in for the night? Do you have any plans on leaving? Like, if I hopped by, like, are you going to be there? And she was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm just going to stay put. Holbro's like, great. Click. 911. Like, yeah. calls him, tells her where she's at. She literally gets picked up right then. Good. Beautiful. Wow. What a man. Like, what a man. And anyway, they, so they get her. So obviously, she gets put in jail. Like, A, you fled. B, let's talk about what they dug up in her backyard. Okay, God, I'm nervous. I'm so scared. I, it's a very, very, very small portion of, of okay. the episode because obviously I hate these things. Yeah. <laughs> Yet you do this podcast. 
I know. <laughs> I think they're interesting. I just, at the same time, they make me so sad. Okay. So once the police start digging, it doesn't take long before they find their very first body. Okay. Um, Leona Carpenter is the first body, age 78. This was one of Dorothea's tenants. And the first of seven bodies that they found. Oh my god. Dorothea. The fuck? I know. And she handed them the shovel. Yeah. Shameless. (laughs) And then she's like, I'm gonna go get a coffee. Bye. Next, they found Alberto Montoya, which Mm -hmm. is the victim that that counselor was like, hey, he disappeared. He was supposed to be in Mexico. He wasn't. He was literally in, in the ground. Yeah. Um, next is Dorothy Miller, who is 64, Benjamin Fink, 55, James Gallup, 62, Vera Faye Martin, 64, and lastly was Betsy Palmer, age 78. That's so sad. According to the autopsy, most of the victims had been drugged until they overdosed, and then Dorothea would wrap them in bed sheets and a tarp. And before bringing them downstairs to bury them. By herself? I, like, didn't... I couldn't find anything that said she had handyman, but I heard on a couple podcasts she had handyman. Okay. Like, she had to. Like, she had to. Yeah, yeah. she, she can't play the part of a tiny little old lady without being a tiny little old lady. No, she could not have done all of that labor. Yeah. So, apparently, there were handymen. Interesting. Nobody to mention, but there were handymen who were helping an old lady, I'm sure. Well, I know. Maybe she was like, hey, I have this, like, great Dane. Can you help me? He died. (laughs) Da-da-da. Whatever. Oh, my God. Put him right next to, you know, spark you over there. That fresh pile of dirt. (laughs) I know. Right. (laughs) So, once the bodies were all discovered, Dorothea was charged with all nine counts of murders. So, that is the seven bodies that they found in her backyard, as well as Gil, her boyfriend. Yeah. And Ruth. Good. Um, After many days in the Monterey County Courthouse, the jury was stuck five to seven on convictions on all counts. Oh, my God. So, like, they got to the point of, like, no matter what you tell me, I'm not changing my mind. It was because the courtroom so heavily went off of, she's this sweet old lady. Yeah. She couldn't have killed anybody. Everyone's like, there's no way she could have done this. Yeah, and she, you know, I mean, she played the part well. So, like, I get why, you know, the jurors were stuck. In the end, she was convicted of two first-degree murders and one second-degree murder. Okay. I don't know why... One was over the other. Only three? Yeah, it was because they, I mean, they couldn't really prove it was her. They were in her backyard. Right, because it was, yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So, that. Um, But, I mean, she was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. So, you know, no, no matter how many she's accounted for, her life was over. Yeah. So... She ended up dying March of 2011 at the age of 82. And until the day she died, she preached that she did not kill those people. They all had died of natural causes and that she was a good person. 
ma'am. The autopsies say differently. Like, come on. Like, we, we, we talked about the compulsive liar in you, yes. didn't we? Yes. Like, we had we such high hopes for her. I know. She was, like, <sighs> trying to do her best for all of Sacramento, and then, like, was Little not did the we best know. for all of Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's crazy. I'm just so glad this part's over, so I don't have to think about it anymore, because this creepy old lady had me <laughs> looking over my shoulder all the time. Yeah. <sighs> there's this there's this old lady where I work, and, like, she gives off Dorothea vibes. Not the killer part, but, like, the person she was trying to portray, and I'm just like, yeah. dude, no. No. <laughs> like, I sat in my car and watched her walk into the office, and I was like, I'm going to count to five before I go in. Like, oh no, thank God. you. Oh, my God. That's so I'm funny. such a chicken shit, but it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Stay alive. <laughs> yeah. Stay inside. Stay alive. Stay We're inside. inside from all of the old ladies that give off weird two angel-y vibes. <laughs> like, right? No kidding. <laughs> They're gonna drug you. Also, if an old lady asks you to move a box that looks like a coffin and asks you to stop on the side of the road and is like, yeah, let's just dump it here. Maybe you shouldn't. Yeah, maybe, maybe just call the cops right there. Yeah, let's let's be smart about this, people. Let's yeah, because how far could she have gotten? Not <laughs> true, true, true. Anyways, yeah, this definitely makes me want to stay inside. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, if you guys want to email us, email us at stayinsidepod at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Stay Inside Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Stay Inside Pod. Or join our Facebook group, because we have one of those. <laughs> Ayo. Ayo. And keep listening, please. 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 And, please and top. Yeah, and get ready for a spooky one for next time. Okay. Thanks for the advice. I'll get ready. Grab <laughs> your spooky shoes and your spooky blankies and get cozy. <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Okay. Okay, bye. <laughs>